chronological interpretation of the Chrono series in earnest pursuit of Magus and Scala, a deep dive into the lore of Cross and Trigger, and how the direct cause and effect of Radical Dreamers still remains relevant to the series today. I'm the Well-Read Mage, and this is MageCast. This is a bittersweet episode for me because without the drive to repeat topics on this show, it signals the end of our exploration of the Chrono series. But simultaneously, what an end to reach. I'm joined this time by Chrono expert extraordinaire Chrono Katie, whose insights and reflections upon the series are as refined as you can imagine. What's more, we're not talking just about Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross, but the third piece of the puzzle, Radical Dreamers, the teeny tiny novella alongside the epic novels it rubs shoulders with. But is there any point in even talking about Radical Dreamers? I thought it was retconned, you may say. I thought it was obsolete. Well, perhaps as with many other things online, it seems that we've been led to believe something that isn't completely true. This is a podcast about how a little old Satellaview game brought a deeper appreciation and understanding of the Chrono series to two fans who adore it. Magecast is the podcast for the lonely, for those who miss the simple pleasure of a shared dialogue. Magecast is the podcast for conversationalists in a world where we've already stopped listening to each other. As ever, you can help support Magecast by visiting patreon.com forward slash the pixels, where episodes are offered in early access before going live for the public. You can also learn more at thepixels.com, that's the-pixels.com, or find me on Twitter and Twitch at the Well-Read Mage. Now, let's start the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Magecast. This isn't really just another episode. I say this a lot. Every episode is important to me in a new and different way. And this episode is very important to me because it kind of closes out the full Chrono series. We've done, you know, we did a three-part episode series on Chrono Trigger. We've done Chrono Cross. And what's left? Radical Dreamers. And Radical Dreamers just got its re-release. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I just finished it fairly recently. Uh, and I had to pick somebody who's like the expert on everything Chrono. And that, of course, is Chrono Katie. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. Are you ready for the Chrono crossover? Yes, I <laughs> there's so many possible puns there. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I'm delighted to have you on. Thanks very much for your time. Um, you've been somebody who, uh, you know, I met, I want to say well, at least over a year ago. Um, and we were kind of chatting about this earlier. There's, there's not really like a dedicated fandom for Chrono Trigger. It seems like, so every once in a while I'll meet these people out in the wild who are like wizards of, of Chrono Trigger lore and Chrono Cross lore. And that's you. And I feel like that's me as well. So I'm super jazzed to talk with you. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and about what Chrono means to you. I mean, it's in your it's in your username. So surely yeah, there's, yeah. there's something there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of uh of JRPGs. Uh I love like stories and games. I kind of I want to be a writer myself. Um oh, yeah. I think you and I will agree that Chrono Trigger is one of the most well-written games out there. So that's a big reason it's inspired me so much. It's because mm-hmm. it's just it's so, you know, structurally perfect. And I'm sure everyone's talked about it like to death, but like it, that obviously was a big 
inspiration for me in like in kind of crafting my own stories and it's you know in my imagination and stuff like that and i i just like to um you know it's certainly not the most like uh marginalized rpg out there it's not like everyone right most people know it <laughs> But yeah. I mean, I still think even with how much people adore it, that it still doesn't get enough of the attention that it does deserve. Like, you know, you always see people obviously talk about the Final Fantasies, the, the you know, the Dragon Quests, the, the, the Kingdom Hearts is. But I'm like, but, uh, you know, I it, it, it's the it, I think you and I will agree. It's it's the it's the best of them all. And in many ways, it's a mixture of them all. So, yeah, it. I just like to bring bring more attention to it to other people because, you know, as as much as I joke with the hyperbolic statements about it, it really is just absolutely amazing, amazing, practically perfect. And I just like <laughs> to let people know about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I love the way that you phrase that. Uh, I think you're right. It's not the most uh, marginalized RPG or JRPG. Uh, you think about some other Square games that, are like popular among like diehard Square fans, but like nobody really talks about them. Like Vagrant Story, Brave mm-hmm. Fencer Musashi. Like people know those titles, but like Threads of Fate, it's not like, you know, here's the Threads of Fate fandom. Uh, Chrono, at least, you know, has got a recent re release with the Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers edition. Uh, and there are a lot of people who hold Chrono Trigger in high regard. It was actually just, you'll find this really interesting, I think. Uh, was just speaking with uh, a young gentleman last night who beat Chrono Trigger for the first time. Okay, and this is this is a teenager. Uh, beat Chrono Trigger for the first time and was just like, this is probably the greatest game ever made. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. It, it, I, I'm still, it doesn't super surprise me, but I'm still a little surprised. <laughs> how much i hear that like especially from like newer or younger gamers you know like just it just truly tells you how timeless it is it is not a product of nostalgia or anything like that i will always constantly see new people who barely play rpgs or barely play old ones and they'll play it and they will always always at least come away thinking like yeah this is incredible like i'm blown away Absolutely. Uh, and it's it's been something that I've tried to document, actually, because you will encounter that, sure, where people will say, well, it's just nostalgia. But getting younger folks who weren't even alive when Chrono Trigger released to play this game and just accept it on its own merits and see what it has to say about itself and being blown away is, is one of my favorite things. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's Trigger. What about Cross? Do you have special feelings about cross as well uh yeah i i I feel like a lot of um a lot of trigger fans don't don't like cross um especially like the ones who like trigger like the most usually don't like chrono chrono cross and i don't know if i don't know how much you want to like get into spoilers but i think i think it probably you would agree that it's largely for how cross kind of ties into chrono triggers narrative a lot of people have an issue with that and how it, it's not exactly a traditional sequel, but I just appreciate Chrono Cross so much for just how weird and imaginative it is. Like it's a big, messy game, but it's kind of like it's a beautiful mess. You know, it reminds <laughs> me of Final Fantasy VIII a lot, 
where it's just yeah. there's so many like cooks in the kitchen with this game. But like that's kind of what makes it super fascinating. And like when it hits, it really hits like it stumbles here and there. But like it's just a fascinating game that I appreciate a lot for how much it tries to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think I mean, if I had to boil down the differences uh, trigger is like about refinement and cross is about experimentation. So it's almost like trigger is a Rembrandt and cross is like a dolly. Like, like, just Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Oh different. my God. Yes. <laughs> right. I knew you would appreciate this. Yeah. Like, I so love you've, it. You've oh, got love a good the refinement of like a classic art in it. And it's just beautiful. It's lifelike. It's, it's as perfect as that genre of art can get. And then Cross has really this audacity to try all these interesting ideas. But the thing with risks is risks, of course, don't always pay off. But you have to admire the fact that it it took so many risks, that it did so many things different, that it wasn't just Chrono Trigger 2. And I think you could almost argue that that's, that's kind of what it had to do, or at least that's what they felt like they had to do, because... How do you come off of Chrono Trigger? You know, you're you're yeah. you're just going to be constantly like if they had just done that Chrono Trigger 2, the comparisons would never end. And it would probably I feel like it would probably get maybe talked about even less because it's Chrono Trigger's lightning in a bottle. How do you capture mm-hmm. that again? And I would argue that like Chrono Cross was the right move where they just kind of instead just said, let's get weird with it and let's like mm-hmm. let's just make like a passion project here. Like maybe mm-hmm. it won't entirely pay off, but that game really wears its heart on its sleeve. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a really emotional game that you can tell is just like the ideas in there were things that they just, the, the team really, really believe strongly in. Like it doesn't always work, but like, you know what I mean? You can, you can really tell like the, the passion that went behind that game when you play it. Definitely. And I feel like if you're not going to get the dream team back for a sequel, don't do a sequel, <laughs> do what yeah. they did with Chrono Cross, right? Which is tell a new story that connects yeah. to Chrono Trigger, of course. And this is a spoilers pod. Every episode of Magecast is a spoilers cast. So if you're listening and you're getting uncomfortable, like, I don't know if they're going to talk about this or that. Well, play these games <laughs> first. Then come back and listen to Katie and I talk, okay? Yeah. Uh, but all that said, uh, Chrono Cross, love it. Chrono Trigger, adore it, of course. But Radical Dreamers is the third piece of this rather interesting puzzle uh, in this very short-lived series. And that'll yeah. be the game that we're going to talk about today. So this is Magecast episode 77 entitled A Link's to the past shout out to <laughs> love it for that title that's <laughs> a good one love it uh radical dreamers was developed and published by square in 1996 for its satellaview so the first official english translation was released this year that's crazy yeah that is absolutely crazy that is true oh uh, my god yeah it's been a long time it's been a long time. I, I was so, oh my God. I was blown away when they announced it was going to be in the collection. I did not expect that. That was the kind of thing like <laughs> I would just throw out there. Like as an idea, I'm like, eh, they could, they could put it on there. They're not gonna, but it's an idea. Right. And then when I saw that, <laughs> oh man, 
I was like, they remember this game exists. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I had the same, I, my jaw hit the floor. It was one of those things. Yeah. And then I started getting bombarded. I'm sure you did too, with DMS and people tagging me like, Oh yeah. my gosh, the well red mage look. And I was like, I'm looking, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking. I still don't believe it, but I'm looking. Right. Cause <laughs> it was one of those things like I, you know, I would always joke, Oh, chrono collection for, you know, switch. Uh, and the fact that they announced it, uh, it just a delight, a delight, you know, it might not oh, yeah. be the best text adventure there is. It might not be the best game in this series, but the fact that it's made accessible to a wider audience is I, I think applaudable regardless of what game it is. Yeah. Present. Oh yeah. If, if nothing else, just the present, just, you know, for, for the sake of preservation, I'm just so mm-hmm. happy that it's out there yes. now. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. Even same. if the game were terrible, I'd be, I'd be happy. <laughs> with the- <laughs> yeah. Uh, and first experience that I had with radical dreamers, I was like, you know what? I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> now I came around to, you know, like I, I kind of adore this game in its own category, but uh, I mean like what, so when you first tried radical dreamers, I mean, I'm sure you knew what it was, you know, and maybe a little bit of how it connects. But did did you have like a strong reaction to Radical Dreamers the first time you played it? Um, I was disappointed in how short and simple it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while I think the length is still a disappointment to me, now I kind of respect more than ever its simplicity because mm-hmm. like. I guess for those who don't know, like Radical Dreamers is basically Chrono Cross 1.0. Like, like you'd agree with that, right? Like it was their first try at what Chrono Cross is. And when you play it, like if you played Chrono Cross and you never played Radical Dreamers, you'll play Radical Dreamers and you'll be like, oh, I remember this from Cross. I remember this from Cross. Like, that's what this is. It's just a smaller, simpler kind of version of what Cross was ultimately became. Yeah, it's like a prototype. Is how I was thinking yeah. of it, right? It's sort of like they tested ideas here. Um, I don't know in in anticipation of a full game coming down the road, but the fact remains that like when you play Radical Dreamers and then when you play Cross, like you you get to this section where they're breaking into Viper Manor and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what we did in the previous game. Yeah. I I think I want to say Masato Kato has said that the reason that they made cross was because they were disappointed in radical dreamers. They were kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. we didn't quite, we didn't quite nail that. Let's try it again. <laughs> well, really what it is, I think is it's, it's just, it's a much more bite-sized, like kind of like just really, really, really like compact version of Cross's plot. That's really what it mm-hmm. is ultimately. With with some key differences, but right, and so we'll get into that uh, down the road here. I, I again, I, f- I really think the the core conversation surrounds what is Radical Dreamers, how does it connect to the other games? Is it still relevant? I mean, a lot of people ask me, like, is this game obsolete? <laughs> I don't really know, but just playing it recently, I think that I think that there is an argument to be made for the the continued relevance of radical dreamers, even with Chrono Cross existing. 
so as I said, we'll get to that in 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 uh, in lieu of some facts here. Uh, the Satala View was a Japan only peripheral, just in case you're like, it was released for the what? The Satala View. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a peripheral that was released for the Super Famicom in 1995 that allowed players to tap into satellite broadcasts, download games, magazines, other media with a monthly subscription, which kind of blows my mind that like a Super Nintendo connecting to the internet. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it never left Japan. It's like it's like uh, no, nah, everyone's like, oh, Dreamcast. That was nah. Like, yeah, Dreamcast they was were doing the first that. one to do it moderately okay. That's yeah. all. <laughs> People doing their taxes on a Super Nintendo. Like, what? That's craziness. <laughs> uh Slide Bob here asks, why did it just release? Speaking of radical dreamers, for the Satellaview. Uh, play comics podcast says I haven't played radical dreamers yet, but I'm wondering how well do you think this would have done in North America if it had been released back then versus the success of other visual no- visual novel titles that we did get. And yeah. two, do you think being part of Chrono would have helped or hurt if it released then do you have some thoughts on that? I, you know, I actually think, I personally think it would actually do have done better had it released back then as opposed to mm. today, because as much as I do enjoy it, I think actually because of the emergence of like of uh, choose your own adventure games lately, it, it doesn't really hold a candle to a lot of the great ones of today, Um, which makes sense. It was like, you know, it's obviously much older, but like. I think if it were released today, people would be like, oh, that that's it. Like, I, you know, I, I, I've played I've played games like this that are way better than that, way longer than this. So I actually don't think it would it would pay off if it if it released today. Uh, with that being said, I don't know how successful it would have been had it actually released in America back then. But I do think mm-hmm. it would have done better. Yeah, uh, there's definitely a lot to consider there. I mean, I think a big part of how radical dreamers kind of slaps you across the face is uh it's tonality um i was kind of shocked at how dark it is following mm. chrono trigger um i mean you know you could get crushed by a, a ceiling of spikes yeah i got eaten by piranhas and like bloody yeah. water <laughs> there's like torture there's all kinds of like it's in a fairly yeah. dark game uh, following on Chrono Trigger, it just it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened back then. Uh, I think visual novel titles are really popular now, but there again, then again, there were text adventure titles back then as well. So, yeah, it's it's really hard to say. And uh, the the short length probably would have been more acceptable back then too, as well. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so. I just I just kind of feel like. People kind of would have looked at it more like, oh, this is different. This is this is kind of new. I like this. Right. Whereas today Rather it would kind something. of be more like, oh, this is nothing compared to what we have now. Right. It's been so iterated upon and all that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, returning staff from Chrono Trigger included Masato Kato as director and writer and the legendary Yasunori Mitsuda as composer (laughs) yes now uh this is i think one of the very underrated aspects of radical dreamers if you like the soundtrack in chrono cross folks 
a lot of those tracks and themes and melodies come from Radical Dreamers. Yeah. So like every once in a while you're playing it and then this song plays and you're like, oh, that's, that's uh-huh. the reaction I had. <laughs> yeah. I re- yeah. I remember when I played it for the first time with the fan translation, like years and years ago. Oh, when the battle theme kicked in, I was like, what? <clears throat> that's it. That's yeah. Like, okay. The battle theme, yeah. And there's a lot. There's surprisingly, yes. it's not like one or two. It's a lot. Yeah. That, uh, that Viper Manor theme, the. Yep. Star stealing girl, like, the one that yeah. makes everyone cry. <laughs> oh man, I can't talk about star stealing girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. So I mean, this is this is a great soundtrack. Um, it's kind of interesting to hear those like PS one sounds, but with the Super Nintendo uh, soundscape. So or Super Famicom slash the Teleview, whatever you want to call it. It's a really uh, atmospheric game too. Like it is, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it, it's, uh, I, I played it the second time around, like just in the dark laying in bed and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it really kind of gets under your skin. It's, it's for, for a text-based game, especially the sounds of like, just like footsteps and the creaking of doors opening and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really well done. The somber, the, the it's, it's somber, it's silent. Uh, and there is a lot of um, like natural noises, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm getting a little creeped out. I also played it in the dark <laughs> recently. Yeah. Uh, I, you get a little creeped out when you're walking down a corridor and there's random battles in this. Um, so it's like, you know, something's approaching. And I'm like, what is it? You know, it'll be like a skeleton mm-hmm. or a poltergeist or something. Uh, but of course, a couple times here we've referenced uh, the fan translation. So Radical Dreamers received a ROM hack English fan translation from Demiforce in 2003. I'm not aware if this is the only fan translation, but this is the major fan translation. Um, so I know for sure it's definitely the one that I played. And I think it's it's rather good. It, uh, you know, sometimes you'll see tr- translations that try to be over literal and then mm. kind of come off a little nonsensical. But I think like this, you know, it nails colloquialisms and f- f- figures of speech and different kind of uh, rhythm to voices of characters and that sort of thing. It's an excellent mm. translation. I wish I could remember it. God, it's been so long. Would you, So, I mean, you didn't play before 2003, did you? Because, again, I don't know if there was another translation or not or if this was uh, the first No, one. definitely. No, it was definitely after that. It had to be. Okay. Okay. So it's got to be the Demi Force translation. Mm. But yeah, uh, it's an excellent translation. I'm really excited to check out the official translation. Um, I mean, you know, and since you've played that so far, so long ago, I'm not going to ask you to like compare these two translations. But that's definitely something that that I'm interested in checking out. Um, I mean, like, you know, they've still they've got kind of kids like attitude in her voice. They've got sort of the very grave-like uh, attitudes of uh, Magil or Jill or Gil. What is his name in the official translation? Is it oh, Magil? God. I, I, I pronounced it Magil, but I Magil? have okay. no idea. <laughs> well, at least they put the man in front of there because sometimes I was reading in the past it was just G-I-L and I was like, okay. But in the Demi Force one, I know for sure it's it's 
M A G I L. So yeah, that's definitely what it is in in the new one as well. Um, it's it's well written. I th- one thing I really like is that it actually gives uh, Surge a personality. That is interesting. Does not have it? in yeah. Chrono Cross. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, the choice to make him a silent prote- protagonist after he was already a voiced protagonist is definitely yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Stop what you're doing right now. Pause the podcast, open up a new tab, open up a new window, smash your laptop, buy a new one. Head over to joypadlad.com right now. The guy has a 50% off sale on everything. If you're looking for retro goods, merchandise, comic books, cards, all all manner of things. I bought some like a blanket for my kids that they adore. That's joypadlad.com. This is not a drill. There's a link in the description. Hurry up and get there and buy something because what you're looking for may not be there if you don't get there soon enough. Okay, there's a statement here from TeacherBloke85 on Twitter who said, two of the biggest Chrono fans on Twitter teaming up for this. Great to see. Since Aww. nobody saw Radical... I know, I was like, oh, And this guy's adorable, too. TeacherBloke, thanks Aww. for being rad. Since it's nobody saw... Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a good one. <laughs> it's cute. And he says, since nobody saw Radical Dreamers coming in 2022... What are your so unlikely it'll never happen hopes for game remasters in the next couple of years? Do you have like, I mean, cause this was the, this is, this is huge, but do you have another kind of Holy grail remaster? So what I, so currently I'm replaying or I'm, I'm actually playing through some RPGs for the first time. I'm trying to play some like slightly lesser known RPGs that I've always heard are really good. And I'm currently playing through, um, lost odyssey. And, uh, oh God, how am I? Skies of Arcadia (laughs) and (laughs) Skies of Arcadia. It seems like there's, there's kind of a, a a chance there. Um, but I'm not sure to what extent, I mean, oh God, just a, a nice HD port on the switch would be for that game. Oh my God. But lost odyssey. Oh my God. That one could really, really use it. That game could look so gorgeous if it was just like sharpened up a bit. Um, and really deserves to be experienced by by uh, by uh, newer people because it's actually written by Sakaguchi and it's quite good so far. Um, but as far as I know, uh, Sega has all but like forgotten the skies of Arcadia. And uh, I, oh, God, I don't even know with Lost Odyssey. I think the studio that developed it is actually dissolved, but I'm not entirely sure. That was uh, Mistwalker, Mist wasn't Walker? it? Yeah, Mistwalker, th- the Sakaguchi one. I think, yeah, I think that was Sakaguchi's studio at one mm-hmm. point. Um, and, and so it's stuck on 360, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it is. Um, you can okay. get it on the uh, Series X, like the online store, which is how I'm playing it. Uh, and I oh, think the okay. Xbox One, I think it's the same store. I'm, uh, but don't quote me on that. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I have it on 360. I've just I've never played it. Um, and that's one that I would absolutely love to as well. Didn't uh, Uematsu do the soundtrack for it as well? Yes. Yes, he did. OK. Yeah. Uh, r- really good so far. Yeah. That's a match made in heaven right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to go on too much about it, but really, really good game. Worth your time. Definitely. Uh, for me, I, you know, it'll so unlikely it'll never happen. Game remasters. 
you never know. I mean, if they release Radical Dreamers, you really never know. Um, but I'm going to say that it'd be really cool to see um, Vagrant Story again. Oh, sure. Um, it's such a it's a hard game, you know, but like what a, an interesting and unique game um, and a couple others. I mean, like I mentioned, Brave Fencer Musashi earlier. Bahama Lagoon is another one. Oh, um, yeah. Lagoon would be. Oh, that would be a good one. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, but there's, hey, we there's just, just, just live so a live. Much. Or live yeah, alive, right. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, and Front Mission, their their remake. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of cool stuff. Coming. Yeah. So you really never know, and sometimes, yeah. especially if it's announced on a direct, it's like, and this will be available tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, why wasn't it? <laughs> I didn't have money saved up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on here to talk about uh, a bit more of the gameplay. So we mentioned, you know, it's choose your own adventure story. Um, it's, it's text adventure. Um, you do get, you know, some imagery, but it's, it's actually fairly sparse. Uh, there's a lot of black. It's a very dark story visually. Um, yeah. A couple things here from folks on Twitter. Shade Wing said, played it a little bit. Feels like those old choose your own fantasy adventure books like Lone Wolf or Steve Jackson's Sorcery. At the time, the cross connections are a lot more, or at the same time, the cross connections are a lot more noticeable in hindsight. And Gamma Dude, okay. And Gamma Dude 92 said, I enjoyed it because it was like reading a really good book as well as an introduction to surge and kid. So, um, I actually don't play this kind of game all the time. Uh, and it was, it was really fun. Oh, that was what I was going to ask you. Cause you mentioned mm -hmm. visual novels earlier. You don't really dabble in this genre too much. Not too much. It's, it's a genre though. I wish I could, mm -hmm. I could actually try out more. Um, it makes for like, especially great. Like just like, you know, chilling on the chilling at like at night before you're going to bed or something like that's what i did with radical dreamers i would just play it for like 20 minutes before going to bed and it's perfect for that definitely i mean i i love reading uh i want to say that it'd been a long time since i'd really read for pleasure so radical dreamers was kind of a really nice refresher but then it reminded me a lot of uh of the choose your own adventure uh novels that i used to get as a kid i was a huge oh, yeah huge goosebumps fan do you remember the goosebumps books oh my goodness i don't know if we're actually I, close I, to the same age or not or what but that, they were huge uh, not a single one i'm 30 and not a single one okay and i feel okay. like i would love that sort of thing i've written some that's the funny part oh i wrote wow. one for okay. for a major in a in a game design class <laughs> about wow. like a metroid one and i was like this is so much fun why don't i read these i don't know <laughs> Because yeah. I'm lazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Readings work. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. I don't know about any now, but there was a time when I owned like every Goosebumps Goosebump book that had ever been made. So like sure. Carnival of Horrors. And it's like, you know, jump to page 54 and then your character explodes and you're like, oh, no, yeah. you got to go back and start <laughs> over. It's just it's, it's a fun way to introduce that. But on top of, you know, you moving forward and making these decisions do you go up the stairs do you go through the door do you continue down the corridor uh there's a there's a map that you don't really get to see and that's the layout of the mansion uh yeah. so sometimes you're having to backtrack you're having to go forward 
I used a guide, Katie, because I was like, I can't. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. Did you use a guide or did you kind of muck about the, the mansion yourself? No, no, I, I I didn't. I didn't I didn't use a guide. Um I'm I, I, I try I'm not very good at games, but I, mm-hmm. I try not to, uh, because I always feel like it kind of gives me the most genuine Mm-hmm. feelings for the game if that makes sense um yeah, definitely and, and you were saying like like you, you you know you you the whole game takes place in a mansion and and uh, to me the like the joy of kind of these choose your own adventure games are all the like fun wacky situations you can get involved in like mm-hmm. like we said you can you can find a pool of piranhas there's a part where you have to uh, put something in a statue's mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like some weird stuff going on with a mirror. Like there's <laughs> there's a couple of those, but I think one of my only issues is that like there weren't enough for me personally. Like like a lot of the decisions in Radical Dreamers are kind of just go left or go right, uh, attack right. enemy or don't attack enemy. I, I wish it got a little. Uh, it had a little more of those fun scenarios, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Because it seems like the scenarios are really attached to like a specific room. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you'll go into the library and it's like, do you want to look at the books, the desk or this painting? And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know the desk. And then it's like, okay, well, get out. And then you leave. And I tried going back and they're like, we already looked in here. I was like, wait, wait." (laughs) I feel like I missed something. One thing I did, I do. I, I I like in games like that is like when you've made your decision, that's kind of it. I I, mm-hmm. I I like that personally, because like if I can just go back and then just do the other decision to me, it's like I'm not even playing a choose your own adventure because I'm just like I'm just checking off a list, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I do like that that in moments it does like just let you choose the one option. And then that's, you know, what you get is what you get. Like, yeah, Um. It has a few moments where I did notice I can like backtrack and stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that in this sort of game. I haven't played much yeah. of them, but. I You're right. And I hadn't really thought of that. Uh, like if you could just leave and sort of, you know, try the different route, it almost feels like you're kind of save stating the game. Exactly. And at that point, I mean, that's all the gameplay is, is just the decisions right. and the reading. So it's like, well, if you're safe stating, it's like for me personally, it doesn't even it wouldn't really feel like I'm playing a game anymore. Right, right, that right. Makes sense. No, that definitely does make sense. Uh, the the couple times that I tried it previously without using a guide. I mean, I must suck at this game. <laughs> I, I died like a couple of different pretty horrific ways. And most recently was the piranhas. Um, and. I, I was just like, man, you could just like, you could just get thrashed in this game, but, yeah. but there are those cool scenarios. And I agree. I wish there were more of them where like you meet a goblin who's drinking tea or you meet an old woman in the clock tower. Um, yeah. And the, you know, a lot of these things, they'll be dialogue heavy. Obviously all the game is dialogue. All the game is reading. Um, and it's kind of narrated from Serge's perspective. Interestingly, um, yeah, but there's definitely connections there that you really don't want to miss. And I feel like it does a decent job of kind of world building beyond the mansion. So you get a sense of some geopolitics. Yeah, that's true. All that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned battles earlier, um, but one thing I, I really want to talk about with you were the, the game's hidden mechanics. Um, 
So there's like an affection um, meter or whatever you want to call it, an affection gauge for kid. Uh, so based on some of the decisions that you make, she'll like surge more or less. And then yeah. I guess that affects certain things in the game. I was kind of blown away. Like when I read that, I was like, Oh, that does not seem obvious at all. <laughs> yeah. It's probably the coolest thing about the game. If anything, at least conceptually, right. Especially that they don't tell you. I love that. It makes it feel so authentic. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's no, you can't just pull up, you know, like a menu that'll show you, oh, she's like at eight hearts out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then another thing is Chrono like has hidden HP. So there's no HP bar or anything like that. And he'll take damage, whether you're bumping ahead on a desk or like getting smashed by a goblin. Uh, kind of crazy. It, it adds more. Um... Uh, I would say like tension to it, you know, it, it made, it made me more nervous with every move I'd make. Cause I'd never really kind of know how close I was to death. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, to, to me that, that just like, that was perfect for this kind of game that like kind of relies on like, you know, like it's eerie. Like you're in, you're in a mansion in the darkness and you want to be creeped out. And I thought it was a perfect decision to not have Definitely. an actual health bar. And it, it kind of introduces a survival mechanic. You know, this is yeah. almost like borderline survival horror. Let's move on to series context. And again, this is kind of the big the big one. What is Radical Dreamers? And we, we talked about, you know, what it is as far as how you play it. Um, but how does it fit in with the series? There's a question here from Carrie 86 How much is nostalgia a factor in the game? Now... I mean, you like, so when did you first play Chrono Trigger? Did you play it growing up? Did you play it no, a little later uh, in life? No, the DS version. Oh, yeah, okay. I had actually, I, I had seen a review on the DS version of the game talking about like how it's a port of one of the greatest games of all time. I'm like, what? And I was a huge Dragon Ball <laughs> fan. So okay. I was like, uh, it looks like Dragon Ball and it's one of the best games ever. Okay. I gotta get, I gotta see what this is about. And then I went out and got the DS the DS version fell in love. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I've actually never played the DS version. I'm oh, ashamed to say. Pro probably the best one. If, if, if I were asked now, I, I remember your video, um, you know, where you're like, which, which version should you play? Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a, that's ancient, right? At this point, that <laughs> was a oh, couple God, of years ago. Yeah, I was, oh my God, I just drone on and on in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fun as creators going back and looking at, at uh, one's old work. And yeah. it's good though. I mean, because you see how far you've, you've grown it's important. as a, as a yeah. creator. Yeah. It's cringeworthy, but it's important. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so like I, I've been in love with the Super Nintendo version for a really long time. Unfortunately, uh, handhelds and my hands don't always get along. Sometimes mm -hmm. I get really powerful cramps in my hands if I'm playing a handheld too long. Um, mm -hmm. So I've never I've never sat down and played the 3DS version. Um, I just adore the the Super Nintendo version. I really wish we could get a port of the Super Nintendo version with the 3DS changes and 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 updates. And there's I understand it that there's a uh, there's like a Colosseum of some kind. Yeah, kind of like a Pokemon like ripoff thingy where like you fight like 
using like the in-game creatures it's it's not very good it's okay it's not and that's what i heard i was like why did they i guess extra replay value yeah it's it's a very weird weird idea i don't know what they were going for um because i will say a lot of the ds extra features are not particularly great it's it's the improvements it makes to the main store to the main like overall campaign that is perfect basically it perfects what was already there and adds Mm -hmm. what doesn't need to be there but not in an intrusive way because it's all after the fact it's not thank god it's not woven into the main story or anything like that it's all stuff you can do afterward right like the uh and again i've never played it but it's the stuff that connects magus to his fate and cross right with the dream devourer Mm-hmm. Uh, is it called Time Devourer in the 3DS version? Yeah, it's called. Uh, yeah, it has a different name in the DS okay. version, actually, because okay. it hasn't fully evolved yet. And yeah, okay. it goes into like Shala a little more. And yeah. Yeah, because that was one of the big things with that character in Trigger is you never really find out what happens to her and kind mm-hmm. of what happens to her is really bizarre and roundabout too like really weird out across. <laughs> yeah so i feel like connecting those ideas together those two games together in a more concrete way is definitely something that needed to happen uh mm-hmm. while we're on the subject of the D- of the ds let me ask you uh do you like frog to speak like everybody else or do you like frog to speak in his like weird middle english i i prefer i prefer his more normal speech okay <laughs> uh i just i just think the the other version is just it's just a little too gimmicky and quirky for his particular character might have right. worked better for a personality like ayla's you know where she's wild mm-hmm. and funny and and like headstrong but F- F- frog is very like he's very stoic and like he's got the darkest story in this in the game and probably the deepest story in the game so it's like I just find it distracting and just gimmicky. And and even in the DS version with the normal speech, they still make they still it's smartly done where like people don't talk about this much, but he still kind of has an older style of speech. It's just in like what words he uses and like stay thy hand, Magus, or something like that, instead of like, you know, just like straight up Shakespearean or anything like that. Uh, I guess it's like he's talking like what's that? All right, he still does like the these and thous in the DS version. Um, he'll occasionally like throw in one here and there, but like to me in a more like realistic way, where it's like he's talking like someone out of Game of Thrones, which is like okay. yeah, okay, that that works a little bit better to me. Where it's like it is that kind of more medieval speech, but it's not straight up like he sounds like he's freaking out of Shakespeare, you know? <laughs> where it's <laughs> yeah. just so overdone in the in the original, but. I don't think it's terrible in the original by any stretch of the means, but um, I like it more. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely a preferential question for sure. Uh, Nailed it. I, 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 I will. Now I'm excited to try the 3ds version at some point. Cause I had heard that they're like, Oh, they just made him talk like everybody else. And I'm like, what if frogs like, Hey, what's up dog. I'm going to be like, Oh no. But oh god, it's, it's, no, 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 <laughs> not that modernized, but it's nice to hear. Oh, that. I'm surprised people exaggerated that much. No, 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 he 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 still he still talks like somebody from 600 AD, if that, that's okay. the best way of putting it, I guess, which is accurate because nobody else has frogs vernacular 
in the original right. Super Nintendo. Like he's just like forthwith prithy, I doth exactly. disdain. And you're like, what are you trying to say? And then what? you go and talk to the cook, and they're like, I got fired from my job for this jerky. They're like, why do you sound normal? And why does frog yeah, sound? Yeah, well, exactly. That's one of my biggest yeah. reasons is because everyone else doesn't talk like that in 600. It's right, like, this right, is right. a gimmick. And, and <laughs> it was, it was tra- I mean, that's all, all of that is only from the American translator too. It was right, translated by just one guy, right? Ted Woolsey. Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll have fun with it. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's- yeah, I think the that Woolseyisms are they can definitely be silly. There's a there's a charm to that. Uh I'm glad that we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, and localizations a little largely. Um, you know, local is speaking of localizations, and this comes back to what we were talking about. Okay, don't panic people. Uh <laughs> speaking of 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 translations, I was talking with the German uh who who's out there in germany uh speaks german and all that they're playing radical dreamers edition chrono cross um and you and i both know that uh you know they developed this code that would give uh the dialogue of various different characters different kind of accents um yeah so like i'm not gonna try to offend anybody doing an accent right now but uh poshul is like an early character right that fourth <laughs> elf, like Daffy Duck in my head, and you know, that has a spontaneous recombusted. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Exactly. God, that is my uh, favorite line in all of video games. <laughs> yeah, the whole thirgy poo sort of thing. Oh, God. right. So I was like, Hush shit. Yeah. I was wondering if, like, does this, is, do they do this in all the different languages? And so I asked this guy uh, who happened to be Carrie 86. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, in in German, uh, you know, is there like a like a lisp there? Or like, what do they do? And he's like, no, it's kind of hard to explain, but they do like a like a purring kind of thing. So he'll oh. like, Poshul will like extend the R's in words. Okay. Um, so uh, it's interesting, but I guess in, in various different languages, there's a video there, Katie. I'm just letting you know. Uh, but in different languages, the characters have different sort of styles to their voice and accents and dialects and all that. So, Oh, hell yeah. Okay. That's yeah. that's fascinating yeah. that they actually I had no go idea. for a different approach. Depend- oh, yeah. Because Draggy does that in the American version, actually. It's like, like long R's. I forgot. Wow. So they mixed it up. So coming back to Radical Dreamers, the question was how much nostalgia is a factor in the game. Uh, we kind of touched on music there, and I think that that really kind of brings that out. Um, mm-hmm. But when you played Radical Dreamers, besides for music, was there anything that jumps out at you like, oh, my goodness, this, you know, this reminds me of Cross or Trigger? Probably just probably just the story, really, because mm-hmm. it, it is so 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 similar to cross (laughs) yeah absolutely and so that leads us directly to the question of how does it fit into the series uh the kai's said awesome game selection i'm gonna play radical dreamers after i finish chrono cross i know it came first but i thought there was a chance i might spoil cross a little uh burko said i've read that the story in radical dreamers is basically a rough draft for a chrono cross, how much carryover is there between the two games? So we mentioned that, you know, you're going through this mansion. Just the, the whole basic thing is you are the radical dreamers. You're these three 
you know, renowned thieves, these infamous thieves, Surge, Kid, and Magil, Magil, however you say it, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't come after me, uh, <laughs> and uh, you're going into, you're breaking into this mansion called Viper Manor, searching for the Frozen Flame, which is this, this artifact, right, and uh, that's, it's there on the title screen, that's that pink crystal, of course, they changed the look of it for, for Chrono Cross, um, but maybe Katie, you want to give us like a breakdown of what, like, what is the frozen flame? What, what actually is the frozen flame? Yeah. Uh, it is a piece of Lavos. <laughs> uh, of all things like, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, Oh boy, this is, I'm going to drop a bomb. Are you ready folks? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. When that first, when that first gets revealed in cross, you're, that's a moment. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cause at first I was like, all right, just kind of a generic MacGuffin, but no, 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 no. A piece of freaking Lavos. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those kind of, you know, magical artifacts where if you touch it, it grants any wish yeah, that which you want. For some reason has magical properties and grants a wish. I, I didn't know Lavos could do that, but apparently <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. This all-powerful creature who happens to have, you know, magic wish-granting porcupine tendrils sticking out of him. Yeah, he's porcupine Cthulhu, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and he's got some crazy stuff going on. Um, so it grants any wish. Uh, it was a fragment of Lavos. Uh, I think that they had mentioned that, uh, you know, it had been. Because there was a whole cataclysm with the Kingdom of Zeal, right? And they were attempting to to drain. Lavos energy uh, to allow their queen to live forever. Um, but there's the mammon machine and there's, you know, the, the shard, the, the dagger, there's a lot of magical stuff that went down. So whatever this thing is, uh, it's what you're seeking in this mansion. Now the pretty much the entirety of radical dreamers then plays out again in chrono cross. Mm-hmm. I think that, the the majority of uh online literature about radical dreamers would say that uh radical dreamers is retconned by chrono cross do you have thoughts on like do you, in your opinion does does radical dreamers become obsolete because of cross cuz i'm really really after playing it really not sure about that question uh, i i <sighs> I don't know, to be honest, because like I said, like so much of cross is just radical dreamers, like, but blown up. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's interesting looking back now where you realize like the plot of radical dreamers is just this incredibly compact version of cross and cross for the most part, by the time you get to the credits, it's, it's said most of the same things that, that radical dreamers has said. It basically covers the same major story beats but there's also parallel realities there's Mm -hmm. also dragons there's a lot of the stuff with cross that it adds from radical dreamers is i don't want to say unnecessary but it 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 kind of beefs it up in like a artificial way if that makes sense where it's just like because i know they were disappointed in radical dreamers and it's like I guess they just didn't figure that it was epic enough because like that's kind of how RPGs are and were at the time is like, 
Yeah, it's the simple story of a girl who goes to steal this thing from this mansion and figures something figures something out about herself. That's basically what Radical Dreamers is. And kind of the same stuff happens in Cross, but way with way, way, way more added to it. And when you play Radical Dreamers, you kind of, I think, see some of the other things they were also going to add to Cross, like the identity mm -hmm. of uh, Magill is something mm -hmm. that was going to happen originally in Cross. So it's actually even closer connected or I mean, even close, like more similar uh, when you really get down to it. So I don't even know if I would say it makes it obsolete so much as it just kind of it really just feels like an alternate way of telling the story almost. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that absolutely does make sense. I think that you and I think pretty much the same about this. Um, it really seems like for decades, Radical Dreamers has kind of been dismissed. Uh, I think it's still relevant. Uh, and that's because, um, you know, everything you said is is accurate. Like talking about like who Magill is. Magill is is Magus. Yeah. Uh, like straight up, just like from Chrono yeah, Trigger, yeah. but in Radical Dreamers. Uh, and initially he was going to be Gil or Guile in Cross, um, but they decided to dial that back and then uh, introduce more characters that you could play as, uh, which is one of my major kind of sticking points with, with Cross's development. That I'm like, you should have had Magus in yeah, there. Yeah, it, it's interesting because you look... Because one of the reasons they say that they took out, like you said, they took out Magus from the plot at the last minute is because they felt like there was too much going on already. And it's like, well, you didn't need to have too much going on. When you play Radical Dreamers, you're like, oh, that's the same story, but without all this extra fluff. So it's mm -hmm. like, why didn't you just take out some of that extra stuff and have Magus in there? Because in Radical Dreamers, it's, it's revealed that in in this one, um, Kid isn't a clone of of Shala. She is Shala, which kind of mm -hmm. works almost even better. And and Magus is there because he's looking for Shala, which right kind of works better to be honest. Um, I almost I almost wonder looking back on it if I actually prefer the story of Radical Dreamers because it's so much more focused and in mm. many ways is more of a sequel to Chrono Trigger narratively, uh, the way it's written, then Chrono Cross even is. You mm. know what I mean? Like, because Chrono Cross yeah. has all those extra things that have nothing to do with Trigger, whereas right. whereas Radical Dreamers, I mean, it you can't mistake it. Once it's over, it's like, that's a, that's a Chrono Trigger sequel, basically. Right. No, I think that's well said. Uh, and so, you know, not having, I believe Guile says in Cross, I'm looking for someone. Uh, so there's like a ghost of Magus there, um, but obviously he, he looks very different. He comes off as very much a different character. And then once the, the 3D or the DS version came out, rather, um, there's the dream epilogue ending, which we referenced earlier, in which I think it effectively retcons, you know, why Guile isn't Magus mm -hmm. uh, because he's he's flung back through time and has his memory wiped. So he's like, he knows he's looking for somebody. He's not exactly sure who that is. The great coincidence then is you've got Kid in your party and you've yeah. got Guile in your party uh, and you can play as those characters in Cross. There's just no finality to that 
very sad arc. Uh, uh, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Like you, yeah, you save Shala, but Kyle has no idea by the end of it. Unfortunately, yeah. And there's other things that happen in Cross that aren't in Dreamers. You know, like what happened with Robo or Prometheus, uh, the development yeah, yeah. of the very fake true, computer. Um, but I feel like all of that, like extra stuff, is like the really confusing stuff, like the dragon gods and all these exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah, it still comes from Trigger, but in a really roundabout way. <laughs> Every time I replay Cross, when they get to the part where like there's like a like a time crash where fate battled Terra Tower, Azela's Terra Tower. I'm like, what? Okay, what? Oh, yeah. I, I like have to go back <laughs> on a wiki, and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, that's right. I, I always forget. It's so yeah. hard to remember for my small brain. It's it's a it's a great story. And this hinges on what we said earlier. It's a great story in its ideas. Um, yes. But you can't just throw I crazy ideas on paper and be like, done. Exactly. There's a point in cross where like, no, because you got bit, but you died in this reality. And then you turned into Panther. And then and it's just like, whoa, slow down. Yeah, what? Slow down. <laughs> yeah, you can't, this is nuts. Bifrost Bridge Studios is the creative architect behind the Gaia's Seed graphic novel universe, blending artificial intelligence, neurodiversity, and science fiction. Bifrost, a transmedia company, has now turned its focus towards Patreon, looking to beef up its crowdfunding campaign through digital and physical rewards, up to and including original custom retro gaming hardware. Bifrost has been a real boss supporting and sponsoring the Wednesday giveaways that I do weekly on stream at twitch.tv forward slash the mage. If you're looking for more of that sweet, sweet gold, check out patreon.com forward slash Bifrost Bridge Studios. Link in the description. But yeah, I think the the relevance of Radical Dreamers is you, re you recall then in Radical Dreamers, um, you find the frozen flame. You encounter Lynx, who is like this uh, this tyrant of some sort who's, you know, gone and done all these horrible things. And him and Kid have this backstory. Um, and at, at one point, Surge interacts with the Frozen Flame and has this metaphysical vision of like seeing all these time periods simultaneously, as well as seeing alternate kind of branching timeline simultaneously mm -hmm. right and i was like this is this is chrono cross okay so katie i'm gonna say this and tell me if i'm insane okay because here's my theory right so chrono trigger happens right this is the canon chrono trigger happens and then sometime later radical dreamers happens and that's the the main ending of radical dreamers like the the core story once Surge touches uh, the frozen flame, I don't know that it necessarily splits all these timelines, but it allows for the awareness of all of these timelines and all of these, therefore, alternate universes. And there, that's why you get to cross. And cross is about crossing between these alternate universes rather than jumping through time periods. So I feel like... Radical Dreamers is relevant in that it's the trigger for how you get to cross. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, that yeah, that definitely does. And sweet. Yeah. So 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 essentially 
it, it's kind of like an introduction piece almost. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if like now it's... we're dealing with alternate realities, and here is here's one of those. By the way, kind of exactly. And I don't know if it's an introduction of just like here are these ideas, or if it's actually like the cause and effect trigger. I think for it's the kind of thing howling. where it might not be a hundred percent like what they what they like believe is the canon. But I think mm-hmm. there's a def kind of like kind of like Guile and Magus. There's a definite possibility they could later down the road be like, well, why don't we make that the canon out? You know what I mean? Like like there's there's yeah. definitely that room to go back and not necessarily retcon, but just like say like, yeah, what you what your idea is exactly what it is, and it would still make sense. And that's the beauty right. of it. They could do that. I think they could. Yeah, and God forbid they high rule Historia this thing to death. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. But if one, it happens, one, of the, one of the best things about the Chrono series is kind of its ambiguity and a lot of things it doesn't have to explain mm. absolutely everything like some other franchises out there. Oh, that's that's absolutely well said. I think uh, it's a short lived franchise, but there's a beauty in that for sure. Yeah. Um, would I want to see Simpli- simplicity is good? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Like, would I love to see Land Before Time 20? Probably not, but the first land before time yeah. was good. So one of the one of the things that I, I think a lot of folks don't know still about Radical Dreamers is it does have multiple endings. Um you can collect them. There's like a, a scene separately um that tracks which which ending you get. Um the first time through you get, you know, the kind of the canon ending or whatever you want to call it. And then there are multiple other endings. Um, I wasn't exactly ready, like right away to dive right back into this game. Yeah. Um, but it's cool that they're there. Um, but on the subject of, you know, what we were just talking about with the future of Chrono Trigger, um, it's something that I run into quite frequently. You know, people will be like, oh man, it needs a remake. Chrono Trigger means it needs a full 3d remake. It needs an HD 2d remake. Um, I'm in the camp where like, it's beautiful as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, like people who made Chrono Trigger don't even work for Square anymore. Yeah. So uh-huh. like it's, it was the product of the, this unique group of people, uh, these amazing creators in the past. I don't know that it needs to be kind of repurposed in that remake sense, mm-hmm. but I'm very much for remasters and ports that bring this game up to a modern platform so that more people can enjoy it. But in terms of a sequel, uh, yeah. Are you for a sequel or let it rest at this point? I'm, I'm for a sequel under the right, um, context basically like under the right idea like i i personally think like i like cross and and even though it's weird and messes with some of triggers lore i think it's it's detached enough from trigger where it doesn't Mm -hmm. bother me that much so like Mm -hmm. i personally like the idea of a sequel especially that would like perhaps take place like i don't know maybe even like 20 years after the original or something like that Something where, like, I remember that that fan made Chrono Break trailer. Remember that with where Luca right, is like right, an right. old woman and she's she's training, um, like a like a, a younger Janet, like a, a I think a, a son that she named Janice. I, I can't remember the exact concept that the fan was going for, but like, I was like, oh, that's the kind of thing I 
kind of be more okay with is something that that's a little looser, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. where it's detached enough where it wouldn't bother me enough. Like, um, I think of I always bring up the the Star Wars movies. Like, I'm a big Star Wars fan, but like I personally think the prequels and the sequel trilogy are all bad. So like, but but like over the years, I've kind of realized like it doesn't take away from that original trilogy for me because it always mm-hmm. exists. It was made. It was, you know, it was a it was a beautiful thing. It's it's there permanently. Nobody can take that away from me. So personally, the idea of like sequels don't don't hurt my perception of trigger really that much and don't it, it doesn't bother me as much, I think, as most people. Yeah, I think with Star Wars, I mean, that's a, a perfect example. Uh, I think the special editions are more harmful to Star Wars than the prequels and sequels. Yes, completely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because when you start Absolutely. messing with the original, and it, it's a shame that you can't even really find easily the original versions. I found these despecialized, despecialized editions. Yeah, online mm-hmm. that a fan had gone through and you know updated all the the original material to look really good blu-ray quality um but taking out stupid things like having a giant dinosaur walk across the camera for 30 <laughs> seconds so you can't oh, see God. what's going on <laughs> oh or vader's no i literally can't buy right. the series on blu-ray because i'm like you literally ruined the most important moment in the entire series <laughs> right right i mean i'm a i oh. a, I can admit Empire is is probably the best it gets uh, for sure. But Return of the Jedi is my personal favorite. It was just the one that gravitated the most with me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Loved just the the various settings of it. Loved the Emperor, all kinds of things. Uh, Admiral Akbar, so much that I love in Return of the Jedi. But I think Return of the Jedi got the worst of the special editions like mm-hmm. the Jabba dance sequence that's so long and cringy. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. There's so much oh, in there. Yeah. So I completely hear what you're saying. I mean, I would take a sequel over a, a fundamental remake any day. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. a sequel if is they going were to... to remake or, or remaster, mm-hmm. I am not against fixing up things that don't in any way change the original vision or the narrative. Like, like... Right. Like, I like voice acting. Personally, I do. Mm -hmm. So if they were to just literally have the exact same script, but have like a voiced Marley, a voiced Luca, like, I would, I wouldn't mind that. I, I, Mm -hmm. I, especially if you had like the option to like turn it off or on or something like a visual facelift, I wouldn't mind. Um, I've always thought like, it would be cool if you could actually like move um, your position in battle. Because Chrono Trigger is mm-hmm. obviously like with the double text, it's like a lot of like, is it it's like positional like advantage, but there's no way mm-hmm. to actually move your characters other than like to literally wait. So it's like, oh, maybe it'd be I don't know. That's an idea worth maybe exploring. But like it would Definitely. have to be very careful. The kind of stuff that in no way, in no way changes what's already there. Like, oh God, don't add any more like like side stuff or filler don't final fantasy 7 remake it like oh god right god forbid. yeah <laughs> somebody was saying you know i hope and again this is all here's something that dawned on me recently is this all comes from a a, a love for the game whether you want a full 3d remake released in 20 parts for the next 20 <laughs> years 
Or oh if you want them to leave, yeah. or if you want them to leave it alone, both yeah. positions come from fans who love the game. And I think that's the commonality that people need to see. I've yeah. disagreed with people on Final Fantasy VII Remake, but that's because I love Final Fantasy VII. People sure. who want the other thing about Final Fantasy, who are just like, oh man, give me 30 parts to this. Just spend the next episode entirely in like, you know, the Chocobo Ranch. I'm like, no, what are you <laughs> talking about? But for them, it's because they love it. And for me, it's because I love it. We just appreciate yeah. things in different ways. And that's totally okay. Really uh, good it's way just, of looking at it. Yeah, it's just when we start to think in terms of like, well, this is the only way to appreciate something. You can't appreciate things by making fun of them. That's for me. I love laughing. Laughter is one of my favorite things. So sure. I'll make jokes at the expense of plastic boxes all the time. And, <laughs> sure. so, and sometimes people get pissed the heck off. But for me, that's how I appreciate these things that I really love. Sure. For other people, they just appreciate them in different ways. I feel like, too, there's an element of legacy that doesn't get brought up too often uh, that I think is is relevant still with discussions of, you know, how many sequels would they make? Uh, you know, when you port a game, like when the Steam port came off, I'm sure you know. <laughs> When the Steam port launched for the first time, there were a oh, lot yeah. of issues, you know, oh, and it's yeah. a shame. I mean, I knew people who were like, oh, cool. I'm going to try it for the first time. And they're like, Ugh. <laughs> Which, and it's yeah. like, oh, so, God, the idea that like anyone would have a warped view, like a warped mm -hmm. negative view of Chrono Trigger just because of that. It's like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't such a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you only get one legacy. You can have multiple ports, you can have multiple sequels, you can have multiple remakes, but no matter what you do, that franchise, that game is only going to have one legacy. And unfortunately for some people, the Steam port ruined the legacy of Chrono Trigger. I think that's really mm. tragic. So I just, I, you know, every once in a while I'll talk to people who will be like, Ugh, Chrono Trigger, I never want to play that again. I don't know why it's so overhyped on, on and on and on. They go, Oh God, that's really? Like, and that's because they played yeah. the Steam version? Probably. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Probably. Oh my God. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, you only get one legacy folks, uh, whether you want a, a sequel or not, or a remake or not. That's the thing to think about. I think, hmm. uh, when it comes to sequels, there were people who shared various different thoughts, uh, that I, I I thought were really excellent. Uh, Crystal Laser YT said, "A uh, sequel? You can move on from Chrono and Surge. Just keep making awesome time paradox games." Uh -huh. uh, Metal Biako. Honestly, I think it would be better to let the series rest. The first game was a masterpiece. I think it would be too much to ask for a worthy successor. Throw in a remake every few years and it should be good. Joypad Lad Shop. I would like to see a real sequel to the original done with similar graphics. By as many of the original creators as possible. Otherwise, I wouldn't be interested at all. Mm -hmm. And Andy Pants, they should just buy the Crimson Echoes project, fix up bugs, give it a nice box, put it in stores. Ah. Have you played Crimson Echoes? Because I have not. I actually have not. I, I've okay. heard very good things. Uh, I don't get yeah. around to many fan projects. I don't have anything against them. Nah. I just, yeah, I just, I'm lazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's busy, so much to play. Two, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's so much to play. It's like for me, I don't get around so to a ton much of, to play. of fan projects either. But uh, I think I might try it soon. Um, I'm going to be streaming Chrono Trigger 
um, the week that this this podcast comes out. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. And then after that, um, maybe check out Cro- Crimson Echoes. So I don't know. Yeah, but there's a I've lot always wanted of disagreement. To. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like you said, I, no, I've not. Have oh, you? They're, oh, they're wild. <laughs> they <Yeah>. are wild. <laughs> is there a randomizer for Chrono Trigger? There is. I played it on stream. Oh, wow. It's it's wild. Wow. You'll 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 I... you'll walk out of you'll walk like out of Chrono's bedroom in the beginning, and then like you'll hear like Magus's theme in the kitchen, and like you'll you're the first boss will like will be like Russ Tyranno or something. It's like oh god. <laughs> wow. But it's balanced wow. in a way where you can actually play it in that in that order. Um, it's really interesting. I I. Huh. I, 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 I got a kick out of it, if nothing else. Yeah, I'll, d- I'll definitely have to check that out as well. There's certainly there's a lot to kind of close that thought out. There's a lot that fans have really done that have been, that has been good. Uh, I'll beg on fans all the time. Sometimes they're <laughs> zealots, but sometimes fans create really good peripheral content. Uh, Crimson Echoes is apparently one of them. Randomizers. Yeah. People seem to really have fun with that. And then, of course, you and I first played Radical Dreamers thanks to fans, thanks to, to Demi Force, yeah. yeah, for creating that translation. So definitely worth checking out, people. Uh, man, Radical Dreamer, excellent, excellent game in its own unique way. Again, tonality. There's a lot of reading before Warn, but I think that there's a lot there that is potentially still useful. Uh, so there are a lot of audience questions and comments here. And folks, if you want to share a question or comment to get a mention on the show, then keep an eye out on my Twitter at the Well Read Mage, where I announce the topics for each Magecast episode in advance. Next episode, we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which is actually my Ooh. favorite Zelda of all time. Yes. Yes. Good one. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to that one. Tune in, folks. What a haunting and elegant game. Uh, but we do have a final question here. Um, you know, I had asked, I I think I'd asked has, you know, who's played radical dreamers so far and, uh, at a beer and a game said better question. Have I played any chrono game? So (laughs) 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 So Katie, I want (laughs) to ask you, uh, what would you say to someone to recommend Chrono Trigger to them? Like, what would you say to get somebody to play it? I think since I'm like an old crone now, I always think about time management. So personally, Mm. one of my biggest selling points is it's one of the shorter RPGs out there. Like people think of RPGs as so, you know, like taxing and so much to overcome. No, it first playthrough was only like 25 hours. And it's 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 short length is one of the reasons it's so good because it's it's so focused um Mm -hmm. but i would just say like the the, one of the biggest reasons i always tell people like you're going to be hooked like almost right away is the concept of the time travel of of the time travel and, and being used in the game's story it leads you to so many wonderfully different unique locations with different atmospheres and and it's it's just beautiful, everyone. Just get, give it a shot. It, you won't be sorry. I've never had anyone regret it. So, hmm. I uh, that's that's well said. And uh, you know, for me, I would say if you're at all a fan of 
16-bit games, Super Nintendo. If you're at all a fan of the work of Sakaguchi, uh, Uematsu, Mitsuda, uh, Yuji Horii, Dragon Quest, and Akira Toriyama's visuals, then this is a game that you really need to check out. Uh, you're, you've yeah. been sleeping on it for too long, my friends. Uh, and when it comes to Radical Dreamers, I'm going to tell you, play Chrono Trigger, play Radical Dreamers, play Chrono Cross. Uh, yeah. Radical Dreamers, I think, has hid in the dark for too long, and it's time people check it out. I agree. But my friend, where can uh, where can our listeners find you? Um, you can find me at Chrono Katie, one word, uh, on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. That's where I am on everything. If you search something and search Chrono Katie, you'll probably find me there. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, Katie, it was a pleasure meeting you. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks very much for taking time out of your day to talk Radical Dreamers. Like yeah, I said at the this start. This was a long time coming. <laughs> yes. It, heck yeah, it was. I mean, because like I'm trying not to repeat games on this show. And like I said, we were like Radical Dreamers pops up and like, okay, it's time. It's time to reach out to Colonel Katie. So thanks. <laughs> I just, I appreciate you. Thanks for being on here. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening, my friends. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you did, here's what you can try to do next. Check out our library, browse a couple episodes and maybe peep another one. You may find that we've done an episode for one of your favorite games. You could leave a review or rating on your app of choice. That'd be really helpful for the show. And you could also visit Patreon if you really want to go steady. Finally, how about joining our Discord community? There's links for you in the description. This episode may be over, but the legend will live on. Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons. <laughs>